All right, welcome back to Studio C in Roseau, Minnesota. Kevin Brown, Levi Novacek here with you. It's December 22nd, Tuesday. How's everybody doing out there? Well, I hope. Levi, what do you got going on? Uh, not much. I'm not pulling up my phone here to do fact-checking here right now. Fucking I'm actually, thank I actually God. wanted to look at the calendar here. Um, thank God. So what do we got? We're on the 22nd. <clears throat> yeah, 22nd. Friday is Christmas. You got a trip coming up here. You got to get on. This is going to be a short podcast. Mm-hmm. Just so everybody knows. We're going to do a quick one. We got a winter storm coming in tonight. And I'm supposed to leave in the morning to go to Minneapolis. And I might just bite. Oh, might just take it. Hmm, I don't know. I'm going to look at the radar right now, actually. Trying to debate on the weather here. If I want to leave at uh, midnight tonight or postpone till Thursday. Got some chores to get done. What, what what does that include, Bratz? You oh. trying to explain it to me off the air here? No, man, I gotta get I gotta get my chickens water for four days when I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> this is no shit. This is Kevin, no shit. The Kevin chickens, I has can, chickens. I can give them a pile of food, but you know that water freezes every day. So I got a electric uh, chicken waterer that I can plug in and will keep their water warm, but I need to get it set up in their chicken coop. i got to do a little project. I'm going to cut a hole in the wall. And So I just got a suggestion for you. Yep. I'm going to be around. I know, and there's always people around. I even got a neighbor guy that would probably come over, but if I can just get it set up, get it set uh, then up Then you have a peace of mind. Have, yeah, then, uh, then it's fine. And the, I didn't even, I, you know, that's one thing people don't think about is... Chickens, when they have li- When they have livestock, you know? Oh, yeah. They don't think about, well, yeah, just get some chickens. Yeah. My wife well, then you're like, to, this son of a bitch just need water, you know? Well, she doesn't want to start this, but she's like, somebody should start, like, a chicken boarding house. Because up here every winter, or every spring, people get enthusiastic, and they buy little chicks, and they want to have chickens, or the kids want to raise chickens, and then it gets to fall, and they're like, oh, shit. People start heading to their deer camps and going up we to the woods. We got to take care of these things all winter. Um... Does anybody can, want hey, some free chickens? Ross, can we can we kill them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> the layers aren't much good for eating. So, I mean, I have eaten a couple of my own birds over so the years. So how many do you say you have? I only have six birds left. So I had up to like 31 at one point. But and you got them in a, kind of a somewhat of a chicken coop? Yeah, I got them in my uh, pump house. My well house is split into the well house in the front. And is the it chicken heated? Hoop, coop in the back. The little part around my well and my pump is heated, but I, the chicken half is not heated. So, but they don't need that though, do, you, do they? No, they don't need heat. They just They're need fine. to be out they of the wind. They can make it through the winter. They're out of the wind, and the door is closed. And yeah, there's like bedding in there and buckets in there with wood chips for them to lay in, and they make it. I mean, this isn't their first winter, but. Yeah, they just need some water. They need so, some food and some water, man, like anything else. So you got a little bit of farm work to do before you head to the city. Oh, cities. yeah, you know, chicken farming. It's tough this time of it year. It's a shitty year, too. <laughs> it's a shitty year. I had a lot of chicken shit on my deck and on my <laughs> shoes. Wife hates that chicken shit on the deck. And you got to do some laundry before you go? Oh, mama's probably already on that. That ain't my gig. What about any <laughs> other tasks? Um, nothing. Oh, I suppose I got to pack a bag. I'm pretty... Good at procrastinating on that. Pack yeah, but for, for a guy like you, what does it take just to yeah, pair I'm of shorts? Yeah, like uh, three minutes to pack. A couple pairs of sweatpants, a couple sweatshirts. Try to remember socks and boxers. Are you bringing dress clothes for Christmas Day dress or no? Dress clothes, no. We got no dress code. There's no dress code down there? Absolutely not. I figured you'd run in a, like a what do they call it, a suit jacket? Oh, man. And I a might. pair of khakis? Well, maybe I'll go through some of my dad's old stuff if he's got anything around. He used to have 
couple funny old leather suit jackets from the 80s. Are that, you going down there to hang out with them? Yeah, I'm staying at my parents' house. So. That's awesome. Yep. I'm going to stay down. They live in Victoria. It's a southwest suburb of Minnesota or Minneapolis. <laughs> southwest suburb of Minneapolis. I've got a sister that lives right by them. So, so you're going to see everybody. Yeah, we're going to see everybody. My sister's going to come from Cape Cod with her husband and three kids. and We're hanging we're, around here. We're doing Christmas in Minneapolis so, or Victoria, I guess. But it's supposed to snow hard down there, too, like 10 inches tomorrow. What do you guys drive so. for a vehicle? We've got Subaru. Ooh, you'll make her. Yeah. You'll make her. Forrester. So yeah, they're uh, those things back, are tried and proven. I came back with it last year from Christmas down there, and I had my 87-year-old grandma, and it was like a wicked winter storm. And we cut a couple back roads because he couldn't, he couldn't go through the reservation, and I was used to coming that way, so we had to cut part way. We got right to the edge of the reservation and to cut west, and oh man, it was. Actually, I think we got partway through it, but you can't go into you, the town. You ended of Red up going Lake. into Clearbrook or something. Didn't yeah, you? almost. Yeah, heading west towards Clearbrook or something. But there was like two to three foot drift sometimes. I was just. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, dude. Those Subarus, through them. Those Subarus look like something. Uh, um, they don't. They're not the most attractive looking vehicle on the market. But I tell you what, I I I uh, was on my way up here from North Carolina, and I rented one when I was in the Marine Corps. Me and a buddy from mm-hmm. Texas. And we drove that thing like a rally car. <laughs> and I'm not shitting well, you. Well, some of them are. Like the we, Subaru WRX yeah, is was like a, a rally car. I think it was called a Subaru Legacy. Oh, dude, those are pretty much like a rally car. And they're I think the, it was turbocharged, yeah, right? they're sweet. So this thing we Legacy had. Legacy is fast. Dude, we tried this thing. Like, I rented it, and I put the insurance on it. Yeah. <laughs> and we drove this thing from Dayton, Ohio, to Roseau, Minnesota. And we did it in, like, I don't know how many hours. But we were bombing that. We had that thing in the air and everything. Like we were driving it like it was a 24-hour rally race. We got up here, and the thing looked like it had been in the Dakar 500. <laughs> and we had to drive it back to Dayton, Ohio, like that. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. We were getting air coming. <laughs> any and car this that, is a pretty flat lander yeah, here in the Midwest. Any, any car that can survive that abuse, and I think we put like 4,000 miles on it, right, in like four days. Any car that can survive that kind of abuse, in my book, should be on the farm. Gets your vote. Yeah, for sure. I I, I bought a Subaru a while back. It was a Forester. Mm-hmm. But it, it was it had something wrong with it. I got it real cheap. That's what we got, Forester. But this this one was a kind of a hoopty. But anyways, <clears throat> I ended up selling it, but I, I still to this day do I want a Subaru. Yeah. But I, I feel like... I love this little thing. Forester, it's four-cylinder. You can fill it up for like 25 bucks, and it goes for 300 and. 40 miles and you know what I all wheel drive i needed all wheel drive we got an infant and we live in the country my wife had a little two-door coupe before and it just wasn't gonna do do you know what i think a subaru needs to do though what do they, they need, need to put a turbo diesel in their in their rigs and their oh, like foresters jesus christ they are not for that subaru is not i know but you could get 50 miles to the gallon and they'll go like a son of a bitch yeah you might turbo yep. them up yeah, what happened? My brother-in-law had one of those Volkswagen diesels a couple years They're ago, and then that they? came out that they were, like, lying oh, about yeah, all yeah, their yeah, emission the shit. Yeah, they had yeah. something they could, like, switch off during the test. Yeah, so we'll he got the super-efficient yeah. diesel. and <laughs> They were like, in, they were in the, the testing thing at, at, at VW, and they were yeah. like, okay, go ahead, hit the switch. Yeah, hit the switch. <laughs> Okay, now turn it back on. Okay, yeah, this one's good. It's like when we used to do concrete, there'll be guys on the job site that are there to test that your concrete meets the specs it's supposed to for 
safety or whatever whatever the building it's going to hold up and when you're working the concrete you don't want to match the specs because they're always make the concrete extra stiff you want it to be like flow like water it's really easy to rake and easy to level so the guys like it loose the testers like it stiff and a lot of times the testers will go all right i got my test now you guys can juice it up yeah no kidding that, like, there's what? a lot of industries like that too <laughs> now, yeah i got my test you're good to go juice it up yeah there, there's my, a lot of damn there's a lot of that stuff going on it's not it's whatever a lot of it's just so they can say they did it but yeah. um so you're gonna be back for new year's or no yeah yeah we're just going down we'll see uh so tomorrow's wednesday thursday friday come back saturday i think we like to come back saturday saturday so i have sunday to be at home and settle back in before the work week again okay you know but yeah when new year's next monday or something or um i couldn't say that that's what calendar. i was gonna look at my calendar for why are um, you having a shindig yeah right dude you know me i'm pretty way crazy and wild hey, how about your birthday happy birthday how did your happy birthday party go I it went really good i you know you what out. i didn't do anything i i um actually we did my cousin i have a cousin that's got the same birthday as me he's exactly two years younger than me <laughs> so and he farms too yeah so we went over to, and his mom is actually my godmother too okay so we actually went over there and had homemade she, we do it every year we have pizza homemade pizza oh yeah they make the crust and everything and then we put our own toppings on nice and we just have this huge pizza party that sounds legit that's what we were talking ten, about and before. there was what ten are we or less do? people you said have a pizza party or something yeah that's what you, that's what you did yeah. that's cool there was 10 or less people over there in case walls is listening yeah for um, sure we only so have we did nine that. at christmas we did also. that and I, I also had a good day today um I got. I went to the doctor this morning. You did? Yeah. For what? Physical. Just because I did last week. You're like, <laughs> oh damn. If, no, if I went. Bratz is I going to get and I, checked. I was a little then. sketched out. I was a little scared, but it wasn't my forty year. Yeah. I'm only thirty nine. So you didn't have to get. I didn't get. Uh, no, I didn't. They just nothing. take some blood. And they took some blood. Everything was real good. I got a clean bill of health for the next year. Your cholesterol isn't high like mine. No, it's not, dude. Oh, I'm man. overweight. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a thing. We both are. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, I could. I mean, um, something, you know, yeah, that's it. That's, that's all there was. And then, you know, and Feel I had this, good. I was trying to think about ways that I could exercise to lose weight, you know, because I can't snowmobile race. Just, the racing season's all jacked up. Just exercise in general. Like anything. Dude, we can't <laughs> go to the gym or nothing. So here's what I'm thinking. How do I come up with another like hobby, right? Like I need another fucking hobby, right? So here's what I do. Okay. I'm like, what can I do? I like fucking challenges. I'm like winter camping. I would love to go winter camping, dude. Right? There's cool articles and yeah, the Sierra Club or like the Minnesota Nate or conservation volunteer of people that go like northeast Minnesota and actually hike to lakes and drill their holes in ice fish and camp or so even uh, just get in the woods and eat like a full on yurt for a while. That's yeah, dude. So cool. so I, I watch these guys on YouTube all the time. It's pretty relaxing to watch for some reason. I know it sounds re- I can't say retarded, but I know it sounds stupid. <laughs> but I it's fun to watch those guys on YouTube camp in the winter because they Does it matter if you say you can't say it and then you say it still? Well, whatever. So anyways <laughs> Whatever, my bad. Sorry if I offend anybody out there. But anyways, um I watch these guys on YouTube and like this guy like bring out a winter tent. Yeah. And then he like and they got really Which good is s- what? Just like a canvas, right? Yeah, so or some really of them will use like a hub. Like a you know what a hub is? No. Eskimo like, hub. Like the yellow like the fish ones. House? Yeah. Just a pop-up fish house. They, oh, they okay. call them a hub, Eskimo hub. 
And what they'll do is they'll set it up and they'll have like a, they might have ordered it with like a hole for a wood stove. And they got these little wood stoves they carry in their backpack or, or mm-hmm. whatever on a sleigh. And this wood stove is like the size of your laptop. Yeah, we right? have them in our deer stands. Yep. I have, I have four so this, of them. So this guy will pull it out and then he'll like get this wood stove just rolling in there, right? He's got these little pieces of bark and whatever burns, you know? And then he'll like pull out this frying pan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's fucking he's eggs and he's like making steak the first thing he does is start making steak and eggs when he gets out there on the, on the stove yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. and he's like Shh. it's like frying and he's got really good sound on his GoPro he must have like a one of them furry things that catches the sound you know <laughs> microphone and, like, and, then he, and then the guy will pull out like a little jug of whiskey yeah you know he'll take like a just a he'll have a glass of whiskey he's with a steak and eggs his rations but not he doesn't got a handle of whiskey you know, there's no one seven <laughs> five yeah, he's but he's got, got his little whiskey yeah and then the other guy in the pickup's got the rest of the booze <laughs> there's a guy in the pickup 30 feet away well those guys <laughs> used to get in trouble you know bear grills and less less Stroud, i think was the guy's name or something who was the man versus wild and then adventure man and whatever and they'd go on their tours and then it took people like a couple years to be like how do they film this though there has to be somebody with them. Right. Oh, geez. And then so finally it's like came a guy out. In a helicopter. Like, yeah. There's up to like three people with them for safety and do ropes and film crew. And they try to not help them unless it's life or death or something. And yeah. they all work together. So it's like. Oh. I think there's, there's a certain value to the show, though, is not a value, but a certain thing that people just like to watch Bear Grylls because oh, of his personality. I love shows anyway. He doesn't have to. I don't know why he's got to eat the fucking right. eyeballs when he could just tell you but yeah that's part that's of it. probably he what gets people it. watching it that he ate it he yeah. ate it he and ate I, that and I'm not rotten talk- deer carcass when tongue. i talk <laughs> when i talk about winter camping like i asked teal about it and she was like i said do you think reese would want to go and she's like ah no and i'm like so i just picture myself out there all by myself I'll winter with, camping yeah. I, I did. It doesn't have to be broke back shit, but no, I mean, when I'll I was go in, with you. When I was in the Marine Corps, we did the Sierra Nevada mountain. So I, I know what it's like to get up in a tent when it's 20 below zero out and put a pair of boots on. Yeah. And I know how important it is to keep your stuff, try to keep everything dry, you know. But one thing I think a guy really, <laughs> one thing that I missed when I was a kid, we used to go up to the, we call it the Big Woods, Beltran Island State Forest. Yep. And I remember staying at a couple of older hunting shacks, you know, when I was younger and you'd wake up in the morning, it'd be completely dead silent in the cabin. You could actually hear the wind blowing through the pine trees. Yeah. Pretty cool. Kind of cool. Really um, cool. Probably didn't realize it when I was a kid that that's something that a lot of people don't get to experience. Dude, when t- you just sit out there and listen to the wind rushing through the pine trees. Even just in my driveway, I've got pines on both sides that are, I don't know, probably 50 feet to seven, I don't know, 60 feet tall or something, 40 to 60 feet tall. And on a good night, it's calm in my yard because they protect me from the wind, and I can just hear it just singing through them. And I just yeah, love I like to stand it. on my driveway, and I'm like, I've always liked pine trees. I hear the wind blowing through the pine trees in my yard. This is freaking awesome. I remember um, the trees that we have up here. So there's nowhere else in the world that looks like here. Okay, we we've got tons of aspen or I've heard AKA. like I've got. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Popple trees. Yeah, popple so trees. So when I went out to the Marine Corps to California and stuff, I forgot how ragtag this... I mean, it's beautiful up here. Don't get me wrong. But we have a shit pile of a brush and small, scraggly popple trees in this country. And they're not the prettiest looking thing in the winter. It kind of just looks like something out of a damn... 
Who's that guy that... Yeah, but is that because the whole state's been logged, like, multiple times? No, because if you go into a popple, popple, um, like a virgin popple forest or whatever... I have 80 acres of it, I believe. What happens with them popples is they eventually die and tip over. Dude, you you should see them. You can't reach your arms around... I got a spot... uh, I've got a great spot for us to winter camp. I always want to at my own... My dad's old land. Is it the popples? It's in the pines. Good. But there's popples there that are like, you can't reach your arms around and they've grown. Yeah. I love that side. So my family owns 240 acres. My grandpa has 160. My dad still owns 80. And over the years, the, the North 160 has been logged. My dad logged part of it when he owned it. My grandpa logged part of it when he owned it. And it pissed me off, but they got... They got $12,000 or something for 80 acres of wood. But doesn't that regrowth kind of make you, give you a, a new life too, though? No, because it's just like such thick little stickers for 15 years it's been now, you know? So we don't really have woods except for on that side, except for like the four, deer eight love that trees. Shit. The eight trees that they left that were crooked or whatever. But the deer love that. I don't care if the deer love it. They don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't think they can hide in it. I don't think they love it because it's too they like thick to eat for those, them to even get they like, through. They like to eat those little saplings. It's, so did they replant the pine trees? No. So it's, well, so the, that north side is too thick for, anyway, for the deer to get through, I think. And then there's not enough cover branches to stop the snow from hitting them. Anyway, the moral of my story is the south 80 has never been touched that I know of. You know, we've owned it, or my dad has for 30 years. And just looking at the forest i can't imagine that it was ever touched because those popple trees have grown up to be you know two feet across or bigger and have died and fallen over and died and fallen over all over the place it's can you walk through it yeah it's old growth popple forest it's cool and then and then when they get big they stop the underbrush from growing up as much and and so if a guy goes winter camping then what do we do (laughs) we act like we did when we were like 12 or 14 you make like spears with sticks and go try track a Do we rabbit bring a gun? i don't know maybe just a, like a 22 or something i mean that's easy yeah but if i mean i'm not to gonna eat, bring like a big pistol or something. No, i mean but are we gonna bring food or are we gonna go without food and just have to kill a rabbit or something no, we're not or, it's a, this gross? isn't a survival story for god's sake okay well, i mean a guy could uh I mean, you can bring a twenty-two. I don't know that we need a gun. No, I mean, but I mean, if a guy saw a squirrel or something, you could at least try to shoot it and eat it. Like we did, like you did when you were a kid, like put or a something. squirrel on a stick. Just I mean, for it, the heck it's of actually it. kind of good training. For what? I don't know. Like just life. It's just good life. Mental, just mental. It's mental training, dude. It's just something that people should experience because it's cool to be out. But where can you get? How far do we got to go from Rozo to I get? I think a where guy needs to hike. Hear a vehicle. See, the thing with winter camping is you don't want to just pull your pickup up into a campground up in the forest. No. And just unload out of the back your pickup. And even at our land. And then I wake up in the morning and Bratz is like sleeping in the pickup with it running. With it running. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is not the mental challenge. Levi, I got coffee. I ran to town quick. <laughs> you know, I had to take, I had to take a shit bad. <laughs> You know, Holy I don't know. Hey man, I was up at it's five this morning. In the middle of the man. night. Yeah. Sell out. Totally ruined the whole fight. Sell out. I'm going to be like, you know what? Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's get out of here. This isn't. <laughs> this ain't panning out. You mean no, you, guys you gonna... got Burger King, dude? Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Give me that breakfast sandwich. 
Let's go look for a squirrel with the 22. <laughs> I mean, but even like That's in my dad's land, like you, it, you can hear cars for miles. I've been there and it's been silent at night and there's a highway three miles west of us and you can hear every vehicle when it's silent. So you got to get like way out there. I've got, I got, oh yeah, now at the store we just started selling snowshoes and now we got these trekking poles. You've got snowshoes? We've got snowshoes and trekking poles. Are they poles. the nice ones, like the little ones that, yeah. you, that aren't like huge and yeah. caught up in the brush? Yeah, little aluminum ones. Absolutely. But yeah, we I gotta think, get, I think we got to strap them fuckers on and get I, out I think into we, the woods. So we've got about three months to get this done. And I think we got to make it two days. Yeah. Because you don't really test yourself or your gear. And I think we need to do it... And we need to document some of the trip. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put a GoPro on your forehead. But I, I think we're going to have to include some hiking in it. Yeah. Not like hiking through the brush. Well, I mean, we'll some hike wherever we have to, you know. But we got to pick. We got to pick a spot. We got to go. We got to go east. We got to so get we gotta, east. Dude, we, we got to get to the Voyagers National Park. We're not, we can't go, we're not going out there, dude. Where are we going? I'll show you some of the... Beltrami? Real, yeah, some of the most ragged country you've ever Beltrami been in. Beltrami Island State Forest? Yeah, if we're going to do this and we're going to oh, put it on the there's podcast... There's Timberwolves out there. I'll bring a pistol. <laughs> I'm not worried really about getting eaten by a wolf. I mean, I'll bring a pistol. People say there's so many wolves out in that woods. No, I mean, they're more scared of us than they are of, of themselves, really, but... Of themselves. Well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> of their own shadow. Yeah. No, they're, they're supposed to be trained to be scared of humans because they've been shot at by humans for so long, but... No, so I th- I think it's that Beltrami Island State Forest. So so the whole winter camping thing. Some people probably are like, God, these guys are stupid, you know? Dude, I actually got an old shack. I know we could go bust into like a log cabin that's out We're, in the middle of Moose Lake. I think I know where you're talking about. I think I've been there. I think snowmobiles are. I think I've been out there, there in once in a while. I've been there in the summertime. It's an old trapper shack, right? Yeah, it's like I think I know exactly where it is. Yeah, down the dike road halfway. Yes, I know exactly where it is. (laughs) But there's a spot about a half mile south of there at the spillway that's a cool spot to camp too. It's kind of no man's land, but you know, sometimes it doesn't. When people think of winter camping and camping, you know, a lot of people like maybe not from Minnesota, but you always think of people in the mountains with all these extreme views and stuff. But I don't. I think there's more to it than that. No, I mean, that makes good movies and stuff, but so does ours. We'll have to film it. We can make some, we could, oh man, maybe we're going to turn this into a whole movie, you know? Something or a series. Yeah. You know any film crews? Yeah. A series. Next. <laughs> Bratz gets caught going to town. Bratz gets caught in a wolf snare with the Burger King bag. <laughs> <laughs> there was a Burger King bag hanging you know what, I'm the by kind of, this trap out in the woods. The, I'm the kind of gear queer that shows up with like this high speed rucksack and camelbacks on my, and like a probably night vision goggles and brats will show up with this blue peace grenades hat on oh yeah and some just tennis shoes <laughs> sweatpants that's the thing about winter and he'll have is, like just a sleeping bag in his hand dude that's the thing i've realized about winter now is you got to be prepared for it because i try to go through most of the winter like in tennis shoes and a light jacket you know because i'm going from my vehicle to you're inside my house walk. and yeah into the shop and maybe i'm gonna shovel the driveway for half an hour but i don't have to really get my big boots and winter stuff on for that but once i do once i do get my bibs my boots my big coat on my hat all of a sudden i'm just like okay it's I can not do, bad i can do anything out here all day i don't care i can lay in the snow so I let can, me ask you this when you go on the subaru down to the cities from rosa it's a six-hour trek yep Will you bring the bibs with? 
Mm, I'm gonna this time. Absolutely, you got to travel with your with your outdoor super stuff. Super secret kit, you know. Yeah, and then emergency you, in case you blow kit, a tire, like there's an accident. A candle, some well, crackers. Are you gonna bring a sleeping bag? Sleeping bag. We got a dog. We got a baby. We got my wife. We'll all just cuddle up in the middle seat. Like we'll be warm. I mean, Somebody I almost find guarantee that it's week. not gonna be like. The blizzard of the century. Uh, I'm not nervous about even driving really through blizzards or anything anymore. I mean, you can slow down. If it's really bad, I mean, that sucks. You're going to lose an hour or not, something on your if drive. If you stay in the woods, we call it staying in the woods, right? But, like in, dude, my, in I, my trade, mm-hmm. we travel a lot. Yeah. You get caught on I-29 in South Dakota in a blizzard. I've done it before. Yeah. And that was not good. Yeah. We couldn't see our hand in front of our face. It was a full-on effing blizzard. Yeah. Once you but, get to the Dakotas or something. But you're, you're, you're going down through like Park Rapids in the forest. Yeah. You, that wind is not going to get you as bad. You can drive in snow. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's other traffic you got to look out for. Mm-hmm. You know, people that are driving reckless, you got to keep an eye out for them. Yeah. I'm you usually know. the guy passing, passing, you passing, not. passing. <laughs> i've been that guy because sometimes i get pissed i'm like for real but 30 miles an hour 30 miles an hour right now i know you're that, in a pickup that all-wheel drive you can shit can it yeah and it doesn't even spin at all or my tundra i mean i just put it in four and like you know get mad at people coming back from the cities or whatever that's pretty much our trips is down there and back to see my family for holidays but yeah, like, I'm going to pass this guy. I have also seen a witness, a, <laughs> a semi, blow past me on number 10, coming up by Motley, the middle of the state. And it's two lanes, so he can, he's not even in his wrong. He's passing me. But I, I remember waking my wife up and saying, Paige, watch this. This dude's in trouble. And we were coming up to a really slow curve. And, I mean, he was hauling. He was going the speed limit. It's probably 70 there, so 65 or something. So he's going 75. And he lost it. He got about a half mile in front of us and lost it. Did he go in the ditch? He was sideways on the road one way, went all the way, jackknifed the other way, went down into the median, which is probably 60 feet wide. You know, it's a big, wide, low median. And ended up making it back up onto the road and stop it. Like, jackknifing out of the median, onto the road, and stopping stop? like um, yeah we had to like stop right behind him and then he was up on the road and he just pulled off to the side and i was like did you talk to him no i didn't talk to him i'm just like oh man he just shit his pants for sure was it a but, was it what kind of truck did it look i'm not i don't know semi no, no no i but here's the thing i see trucks out on the road yeah right i, I see mean, the guys sleeper the, semi i see the guys with the real sleek looking like volvo he's like, a old, <laughs> like he's probably 60 yeah right and he's driving for a company and he's a he, you know, he's probably the more cautious, you know, he's probably pulling a Walmart trailer or something, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. so you see those guys and you're like, he's, he's got a limiter on his truck that probably doesn't allow him to go over 65 anyway. Yeah. Then you see these guys with these big 379 long hood Peterbilts with the big chrome everything and the lights everywhere <laughs> and the deer catcher on the front. Was it yeah, one of those? It was. Okay. So. One of those. Yeah. Did you see his Trump flag or no? I did not see his trump flag <laughs> this was before the donald trump era oh, okay 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 but anyway no, he did no, have i, a I trump was just flag. busting on my own party um so anyways uh I'm not, not, yeah, if, you, if you're be... running a 379 pete no offense um yeah a little offense 
Take it easy no, out there. No, dude. Take it easy out there. I was a truck driver at one time, and I drove a 379 Pete. I used to haul equipment. You're talking shit about the Pete's. You're talking shit about the Trumps. What else you got? You can talk oh, shit about man. the Marines tonight. No, dude. I was just visiting my Marine Corps uh, cousin. How'd it go? He's good. He's he's really good. I mean, he's... So he made it back for the holidays. You yes. were worried he wasn't going to be able to... Six months he, ma- he was gone. Make it back and visit because of COVID and stuff, and he he's wasn't able to make it. He's been getting to see a lot of his friends. Actually, I haven't seen much of them, but... Yeah. He's uh he's doing good. Got to visit him for tonight. Yeah, he tonight I had a good visit with him so. tonight. Nice. Yeah, he went to the same schools I went to, so he's some of the same teachers that you get to reminisce on. No, that but old you know, jerk of but a. You, but you know how it is, you know. You know how it is. It was way harder when I went through it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> way harder back you know in the day. Is, All right? the kids are soft these days. Even the military, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Marines were way harder in the 90s than they were in the 2000s. He's got a nice sweatsuit that they did. He, I said, where'd you get that? It says USMC down the leg. It's it's nice. Like something like a hockey team would wear, right? Like a college hockey team. Yeah. It says USMC on the back. I will say that we didn't have nice shit like that. I wouldn't wear the shit they gave us in public for like working out because <laughs> it looked like something that from a 1983 aerobics team would wear. Yeah, or got from some prison after they yes, got new, dude. new outfits. Got your name stamped and fucking shoe polish on the leg. <laughs> That's how they made a stamp. Everything was they cut out, you'd cut out a cardboard uh, fucking <laughs> thing, you know? Cardboard stamp. It's a cardboard screen printing, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and then we'd take fucking shoe polish, or no, the black shoe, mink oil, or yep. shoe polish, and we'd put our name on there You'd with that soak shit. the cardboard and then press squeeze it on yes, there yes dude it's a fucking screen printing uh, shop in the marine dude, corps that is exactly what they do at the north house folk school they teach you those traditional screen printing practices they like do not do yeah they do but they do use, use like uh pigments like from clay and stuff like that you know yeah, like this traditional like, dye. Like they call this uh it was just black shoe polish mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking oil products <laughs> i'm guessing the folk school or house or whatever yeah <laughs> Whorehouse? No, North House. <laughs> North House Folk School. The folk yeah, they are Whorehouse over there in they Lake aren't, Superior. They aren't, <laughs> they aren't dying stuff with shoe polish. No, no, I don't think well, so. Well, I hope you uh, your trip will go good. I know it will because you're always prepared. Yeah, Bring some I mean, matches. I'll be, hey, in this day and age, I mean, we got cell phones. I mean... I mean, it's not Literally, like back in the day when they're like... What's the longest you're going to be stranded till somebody else can come pick you up from, you know? I like, remember hearing stories about, like, my grandpa but in the snowstorm. I think it was 1969. Oh, the big one in 69? Yeah, and, and, like, there was... I mean, literally, they got, like, three feet of snow, and it drifted, like, eight, nine feet tall drifts, right? Oh, wow. And my grandpa's like, I remember I had to drive the snowmobile to town to get eggs. <laughs> you know, and I'm like... You know, being a young kid, you're like, well, what about the plows? Yeah. Like, where the fuck were the plows, you know? like Plows were stuck. Yeah, and he was like, they didn't have much for plows back then. It was pretty primitive. Yeah. Now we got, like, 800-horse road graders with plows on them that look like they're going into combat. Oh, yeah, I had to pull over for one this morning coming about 50 down the gravel yeah. road. I mean, they're just battle wagons. There's, like, a half inch of snow skiffed on the road, and he's just singing rocks out into yeah. the field. Yeah, they're, they're driving battle wagons now. I mean, they could get rid of a six-foot snowdrift like it was nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I guess uh, you're right. We, we've come a long ways. We've got cell phones. We've come a long ways. And there is, believe it or not, there is towns between here and the cities. I know. I don't understand <laughs> how people Pack get... Pack a blanket. I mean, I get... Yeah, I guess you can get stuck for a little while, but I mean... Our high school hockey bus is always broke down like once a year 
coming from and Rosa. You survived that my, shit. Yeah, my wife's got stories of the girls' team break. Oh, they broke down on their way to the state tournament. I mean, yeah, and there's like no insulation in those buses. We too. broke down in, uh, you know, the uh, Red Lake Indian Reservation when I was in high school. You we had did? Have, yeah. We like went out. That is the middle of nowhere. Yeah, though. we like went out into the field and practiced running plays with. Were you guys football. on the way there? Yeah, we had to borrow a bus from Bemidji to make it the rest of the way. I forget where we were going. But, you yeah. guys didn't use a charter bus? No, we used a school bus. We're Rozo. God, Rozo. Did you ever ride on a charter no, bus? No, dude. I remember going to the cities no. to like a, it was a jamboree tournament when I was in my first year of high school. Yeah. And we show up and like all these teams were like. They had nice track bu- suits had, and charter yeah, the track buses. Suits and, and they pulled up and they were all watching like Home Alone 2 and on their TVs <laughs> oh, yeah. and stuff. You, you, our bus would drive past and you're just like, geez, they got TVs in there. <laughs> <laughs> They're watching movies the whole way. It's like a prison bus. Oh, pulled up, man. Pull up and all the Rosal <laughs> kids get off. They're all wearing sweatpants from Goodwill. I do remember we had a kid on our, uh, <laughs> when I was in high school, you know, I graduated in 2005, so that wasn't like forever ago, but one of the guys on the bus had the first like portable DVD players. <laughs> I mean, it literally just a little six inch screen that flipped open and you could play dvds and there would be like eight people surrounding his seat trying to watch i robot or home alone 2 or do you choke on your dip over there or <laughs> what jeez i gotta get it off. Oh. oh this is good <laughs> oh man his face has been get turning redder and redder for the last three minutes as he's trying to I can't talk. trying to get his dip from being jammed talk, in in the back of his throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways. Go grab a sip of oh, coffee Oh, man, I got a something. pinch of snooze in my... <laughs> Snorted some... Coughed it up your nose, <laughs> no, your eyes my, are watering. It's in my throat. Mm. I think it went into my lungs. Do <laughs> 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 you ever wonder about that, like, breathing in snooze into your lungs? No, I've God, never... I got such a buzz right now from it. Never inhaled snooze. That's like chewing a cigarette, like putting it in your lip I or tried what? that once. Yeah? When I was a crackhead... Snooze chewer. Well, you didn't have any. Oh, when you're young and you run out? Yeah. Put a little. Take one of my mom's cigarettes? Yeah. Break the tobacco on, put it in your lip. Disgusting, man. What a Didn't work, did it? No. No. (laughs) That's like the first thing I smoked when I was a little kid was like. Snooze. No. We, in like a pen tube or something, we put like a piece of notebook paper and lit it and tried to drag it on that like a, a couple times like a one hitter yeah i don't think we inhaled really we just pretended like we were like a pen? smoking like a pen it was like a mechanic the inside of a mechanical pencil the part that holds the <clears> eraser <throat> if you pull it out it looks like one of those little cigarette um sticks you yeah. know that holds your cigarette yeah and so we did that and then had oh, like no a, shit. had like a two inch piece of paper sticking out the front of it like cruella Deville or whatever that the, how old do you figure you were Oh, I don't know, fifth grade or something. You guys were like paraphernalia experts. In oh, grade. yeah, we were busting up <laughs> paraphernalia experts. <laughs> hey, bust this pen apart. We can smoke something if we stick it in the end of this plastic tube. Yeah, that was good. I mean, I wasn't that much smarter later on either. <laughs> so are we going to cover – we're not covering anything too in-depth today then? We're going to make this one a short one? Yeah, I mean, uh got to go home and get a few things done. I don't know what we could chat about a little bit. Maybe – I wanted to. It's open, open mic here. You open can, mic. Whatever no, you I want. I just had Rocks. a couple of quotes. Like, uh, I was, 
I think I was listening to a podcast. That's kind of my norm these days, sitting here at work and try to get through a couple in the morning before some customers start coming. And I heard just a comment on one talking about, you know, people being in groups or being around with your friends and not, you know, somebody says something ridiculous and, you know, a couple in the group might think it, but once everybody starts going, yeah, that's stupid or that's, you know, agreeing with them, then those two people, you know, kind of shut their mouth and don't want to speak up or, or even it was really about, um, gosh, what did I watch? Oh, it was Joe Rogan actually talking to one of his MMA, his buddies that fought MMA and he was telling him honestly that he thought that he wasn't up to snuff, like for this fight that he was going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. He was telling him, I love you, man, but like you aren't as good as these other guys. I'm <clears throat> telling you the truth. Like you're going to get hurt. And, and so he's just saying, I think that honesty, like in that scenario or in general, like an honest conflict like that has much more value, much more social value than any like dishonest harmony. Like you don't really want to ruffle somebody's feathers. So you, you know, you kind of don't tell them how you feel. I just had a conversation today about that, about a guy that a potential employee of mine. Yeah. Keep Um, the harmony by not speaking up. Well, yeah. So I was just telling him I respect him more. Because he doesn't, because he, because if we ever have issues, you know, moving forward on a job or in any situation as an employee, I would rather him tell me when he can't do something, when he's incapable. Yeah, exactly. So then we can, I can work together to to get it done. I'm just, I'm not a set it and forget it type of guy, you know, so that kind of falls in line with. Yeah, just speaking up when you aren't comfortable doing it. And being honest with yourself. Yeah, it's being honest with yourself because. When you don't speak up in those scenarios and you go home, you're like, damn, I wish I would have said something. Well, you that's kind of, that that's failure, heard, you know? I, I, I listened to a guy last fall who we were, we were doing some butchering of some pigs, actually, and this is just fresh in my mind still, and I still regret not saying something to him, but he just came with a, you know, a racist joke in front of, you know, three or four people. I was one of them. And just like, man, I... I didn't agree with it. I was kind of taken back, you know, by the language he was using, but I didn't speak up. The other guys kind of giggled at it, and <clears throat> and I didn't want to – I was nervous. I didn't want to be the one to say, hey, that's totally inappropriate for who you are, the job you have, who you are in this little group, because this person has adopted children that are black, and you shouldn't be saying shit like that. And that's all I would have needed to say. Hey, not cool anymore. And he would have probably really felt stupid. I'm not. I've but never. I didn't speak up for it, and I was like, I still regret that because you know, the yeah. only time that a racist joke is appropriate, I would say, is when I was in the Marine Corps. We would all be hanging out. You know, there was black dudes in our unit. Yeah. And then my sniper platoon, and we would all like the Marine Corps is like the king of busting on each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, we were just you know when you're so bored, like if you're in a field op or out <clears> in the field or or. You know, in the combat zone or whatever it may be. But you know those guys, and they know it's out of love. Yeah, and they think it's so fun. You know, I mean, the, the you, laughs you get out of those guys are priceless because they're busting back at you going, you know, busting their own shit yeah. against crackers or whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, that that's that's but that's fair game, I would say. That's yeah, actually but you form, all, that's forming camaraderie, too. You all know that's in love, and you know when somebody crosses the line, you know, or, you know, is honestly being, you know, well, for True example, when bigot, I like, when know. I hear a racist joke, I, I there's part of me that 
you know, I get the point of it. Like, I get it. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, ha ha. But part of me thinks, well, what if my buddies I served with, you know, what if he was, he's not here to defend himself against that joke. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he can't bust one back at, at the white dude that's telling the black joke. You that's know what how, I'm saying? That's how I felt. That we were standing around, we're, we're four adult white males. Yeah, it's like we're in the cool club and, over here. And the guy telling the joke, he's friends with people who raise adopted black children yeah. like they're good friends and so i didn't really understand why because i wanted to say you'd never say that in front of your other why would you say that when you're such good friends with these people you know they're children and you would never say that to those kids yeah. you know what i mean yeah and it, you know what was really weird what the marine corps does to you and you know, i keep referring back to the marine corps what's really weird about race is i look at race in such a different way than i think a lot of people you probably know that about me um I, I, and it kind of refreshes my memory now that my cousin's home from the Marine Corps is <clears throat> I was in, when you become a Marine, they break you down mentally so much that in boot camp that you're all equally pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm you're, saying? They crush you down you to zero together. You, yeah. You got your black dudes in your platoon with you all, and you will learn to work together Yeah, to, 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 to achieve a common goal. Now, um, so when you get out of boot camp and you get into the fleet Marines and you're out there doing your job or whatever it may be, you run into other black Marines or Mexican Marines or whatever they may be. Um, you don't, it's just, it's just like it's, you've been, you've been brainwashed. Yeah. You're all in, Marines into thinking that you cannot tell the difference in them. That's not, I th that's probably the best thing the Marines can do yeah. for somebody. Yeah. You cannot tell the difference those. because, because they've walked in the same steps you've walked in to earn that title. Yeah. You know, and, and they're, they, they're, they're equally the same as you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really a, the military is a good program for some people, you know. Um, yeah, so you should always stand up for, for in front, if you hear a racist joke, especially from somebody that hasn't served, right, mm -hmm. and is and is saying them, for, for you, you got ammunition just saying, hey, I got buddies that are black that I went through boot camp with that did way more well, for this. I went to combat with some yeah, of them. Yeah, combat that did way more for this fucking country than you ever have. Man, I you went. Know, to, I went should, to combat with some of the hardest. Please don't open. You know, don't open your mouth and talk about them like that. I I went to know? combat with some of the hardest Mexican dudes you've ever seen in your life, and these guys were real thugs. Yeah. You know, and like I'm sure they're probably have been in trouble since they got out, but you know, it helped me <clears throat> when I first started working on the pipeline. I worked with a whole bunch of Mexican dudes, and I actually got along with them well because I treated them how I treat my friends, and they I just treated them like people like normal people like uh, they were just like me uh, and they, they i got along with all of them yeah i wasn't well, like and i wasn't people like humans and they treat you like a and human I, there's no reason not to get along but and i wasn't kissing their asses i just bust them when 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 you bust on them when you can bust on them and they bust on me back and then we laugh and shit and everybody you know we have a common yep. goal to get a job done we're all away from our families um but some people i think go out of their way to try to run a certain race religion whatever it may be down and i've caught myself doing it on you know muslims and stuff um i've caught myself doing it because naturally most of my enemies that uh, most of my enemies in my lifetime have been muslims yeah um you know so i am still a little weary around that subject but you know that that's just me being honest with myself yeah but you also Honestly. understand like you know uh well you know there's that scene in american sniper when it's like a little kid's gonna pick up you know the bomb yep. and he's going don't do it don't pick well, it yeah, up exactly. you know you're an innocent child like you're just a child it doesn't matter what he is so you know there may be extreme radicals in you know in the adults but he didn't want these, them to do all it. these women and children are messed in, you know are muslims also 
and they're part of this culture too and uh, you know they don't probably want to be there either it's in so the weird. middle of a war it's so weird you watch it so it's so weird you watch a movie like that i had an experience like that when i was in afghanistan i was up on the top of the u.s embassy and we were in the combat zone and there wasn't like rounds and shit flying all over the place it, but mm-hmm. it was we were it was right when we took the embassy back and um there was a lady that came out and we had kind of like regulars like we knew what they were like we kind of knew the routine who who kind of who was who were the locals there. that yeah, were kinda. around yeah, yeah we, you we get wrote used everything to... down and we just mentally kept everything and there was this odd looking lady with a full burqa you couldn't see her face and i mean i maybe have, have i told this story before on the podcast no i think you told me once um anyway so yeah i had you know it was one of them deals where they're like okay she was trying to get in the wire and when I say in the wire, I mean, she was trying to get through the Constantina wire in the, the echo uh, post. Like down the first there. line of defense Yeah, the Marine that was down on that Hesco barrier was like, get yelling at her, you know, get back. And I, it escalated so fast. And that's how it happened. So is this like on a road coming into no, your... No, yeah, it was a it was a dead... It, essentially, there was a road that came in, but it was we had it blocked off completely because yeah. that's where the compound started. But yeah. it, it used to be a road. It, there was a gate back there. That so was she closed. got to the first... It was a steel door. So she, she got into the Constantina wire and I was... It escalates so fast because you can't control that person, right? So yeah. it's, you always think you're, you're, you're going to like pre-plan this thing out in your head. Like this is how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like when you're going to have to maybe put your finger on the trigger, right? Yeah. So you always think it's, but it happened so fast that Post Echo called in and I saw the lady down there. We knew what was going on, but he's like, he called into the guard chief. He's like, um, you know, we got this suspicious. We didn't, you know, it could have been a male with a bomb strapped to him. Yeah. Because there's suicide bombers all over the place then, you know? Yeah. So... You know, they, they cleared post six hot, which means, you know. We, Get ready to fire. Well, we were re- cleared hot. We could have. I could have, yeah. right? But, you know, you, you're, some of it's on your own discretion. You know, you have rules of engagement. So you have, it has to be within the rules of engagement. You know, but it happened so fast. And I was saying the same thing to myself. I was like, just don't. 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 Yeah. It was 100 yards. We, we, you know, I mean, I was we were trained to shoot out to 1,000 yards at the time. Yeah, for sure. It was at 100 yeah. yards. I could have done what they call a circuitry shot, which is just complete incapacitation. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. You know, like, so they can't yeah. pull a trigger, you know, so they can't squeeze a, a detonator. Yeah. Head right. off or something. Yeah. So, um, they sent out, uh, so we had about five minutes there where I was like, you know, I don't want to do this. Like, you know, this is like life changing stuff here. Yeah. And luckily we just all, she kind of got like caught in the Constantina wire, you know, which isn't good. No. You know, but she wasn't like scrambling and struggling. It was like a slow moving train wreck is what it was dude <laughs> right so but in the meantime the guard chief sent out a react team and they actually opened that gate yeah and they and they got out there and they here she had amnesia and it was a late old lady old lady that with amnesia a, yes so they they you know they, they sent had, a squad out that got close enough where they, they got could, close enough and they you know of course they were careful there you know they were she they able were able to you know search her and find out it was a female it was an old lady there was no weapons on her there was you know, and it was like she lost her she, mind. She, yeah, she was within the rules of engagement. She was inside of our wire, and there's signs all over saying you will be killed if, yeah, you know. But we, you know, spared her, and I'm glad one you of them did it. Yeah, that I mean, was could one you of those imagine? Ones be, like, that oh, would have been cold-blooded shit. murder. And you know, at that point, I wasn't a, I, I was a Christian. At that point, it didn't matter if I, if she was a Muslim. Like it was just every it's the the state of mind you get in. Yeah, you're just gonna kill somebody and then you don't know that you got post echo down there and he's got another Marine with him and they're like ten feet from her. Yeah. Up on top of this tower thing. 
and and you're thinking about their lives at the same time, right? Yeah. You're like, could Holy they shit, get blown dude, up? They right got parents now. too. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, For real, you if know, if that's a suicide bomber. Yeah. They already have them. They're close enough, right? I, yeah, and more than likely, you know, a person can't carry enough explosives to to probably potentially hurt where I was at. Yeah. Because I was far enough away, I probably maybe would have got wounded in the blast. But but it's your job to protect those yeah, other two. Yeah, it was. Those guys were relying on me because they knew we were right up there behind them. Yeah. You know, off in the distance, you know. Yeah. And he knew that. So, like, he in the back of his head, he was like, shoot, those fuckers shoot. better have my back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And and uh, I didn't, it, it was a, it was it's a just weird, like that movie. You know? It was a fucking weird deal, man. I, I mean, mean, you know, I, and I had my 308. I mean, the weapon was off safe and my finger was on the trigger and it's got a pound and a half trigger on it. Mm. I had my dope dialed in for 100 and my spotter had his... He had his fucking binos out, even though she was a hundred yards away. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he was from Georgia, man. He's like, I am, "Hey, man, anytime you're ready, <laughs> anytime you're ready, man." It's just you're, like out of your, a, your call. Yeah, right? you know, and I was you just get like, the final call. Yeah, it was, you know, and you're you're like playing Grim Reaper up there. Oh and, man, dude, I yeah. can see you living it again right now. Just like, damn. Yeah, and, and you go through that, but it happens so fast, and then it's over, and then you're just like, holy shit man i was Ooh. wicked you know and you kind of giggle a little bit you do or giggle what? a little bit yeah you'd giggle a little bit just like the first time you get shot at dude i i that's a weird thing too i, I was listening to another podcast today that, that was looking into that where you go from such extreme how come you laugh after something know, after something so extreme happens to you that people generally go from super terrified to straight laughing like the, the story was some lions that ran past a uh, a broken down vehicle and and the people thought they were coming for them in a, on this safari tour and and it, it they were actually getting towed and these lions were following them and the tow rope broke and and the lions grabbed the tow rope and ran off into the jungle and they said there's no sides on their vehicle and nothing and <laughs> these lions were dumb and when the rope broke they grabbed a chunk of that <laughs> and ran for it the the four followed the one that grabbed it and so then they were just all of a sudden the guy said it was funny people just kind of started giggling but the, that's like the only because you're revved up so much already or yeah something it, it, but it happens that it, it doesn't know it just happens so fast that emotion doesn't know where to go and, right and you're not and it comes out as laughter yeah, almost yeah you're instantly not terrified or scared or nervous and anymore you're just like it's so weird you know and then like the i remember the first time i got shot at you know we were getting shot at and it was pretty random shots it wasn't like well aimed you know that our enemy out there was somebody out there the well, our enemy wasn't real i don't think they were super motivated or something yeah. but I, I remember just when you're young you don't take well yeah, I probably how did you know could you hear him plinking well, off you something by you you can see the tracers at oh, night. oh at it was night. during the night yeah you could see the tracers going above and you're like dude we're getting shot at and, and we were just like oh shit you know but it was dark so like you got mvgs and and uh what do they call that um uh Night vision goggles. Oh, MVGs and, and uh, thermals. Okay. Thermals work really good at night. It's like yep. daytime. But anyways, like they only go out to like max 500 yards, you know, then mm-hmm. after that, it's just blurry shit. But like, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, it's really weird to think there's somebody trying to kill me right now. And they It's don't. kind of a personal experience. Yeah. Right? Oh, I'd imagine. <laughs> right. You're like, <laughs> no you're like, they don't, they are literally trying to end my life. Like, you know what I'm saying? You just think, you think about it before you go into war or whatever. You think about it, but you're like, okay, I'm going to get shot at more than likely, mm-hmm. you know? But then you get there and then it happens and you're like, whoa, that's, that's kind of a psychological, like, it's like these people want to end me. So then you get kind of mad, right? You're like, I'm going to fucking end them. 
You know, so then you go through this like mental battle you of like. You just start shooting into the dark. Well, no, we didn't have any <laughs> rules of engagement. Like we couldn't even shoot because we didn't know where it was coming from. And, you know, being, a, you know, an American Marine that's got discipline and, you know, being an Amer- American soldier, Marine or airman or whatever it may be. Usually when you have discipline, you, you don't just start shooting towards other yeah, gunfire because. Because we lack funds and they can't afford ammo and <laughs> shit like that. You got a ration, you know? No, no. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just, a, it's a principle of it. You just. Yeah. And then you got, we were in the city and it was like collateral damage. You know, if we would have killed somebody, it would have been all over the news. You could see like pink streaks going up above yeah, like, your head or yeah, what? Yeah, tracers. Yeah. They're Why do they fire tracers? Well, Why do they tracers, want you to see them? Well, it's just, a th- I don't know. It's like a NATO thing, but. um a lot of times, like squads of Marines, or you know, say you got a squad of Marines, you know, there's like 13 guys in a squad. Yeah. Um, they all have a squad leader, and he'll have like, you know, every Marine's got every other round or every three rounds is a tracer. Yeah. Okay. So what the purpose of it is on our on the tactical side is so we know. So like say a squad leader's firing on a target, you know, and he know, so then the other Marines know he he can yell to him and say fire on you know fire on my target. So yeah. he they'll see the tracers. So at night, there's a lot of confusion and noise and smoke and, and, and just a fog of war. So they'll know what direction. Because a lot of times gunfire, you know. I mean, of, it's not just to make it look more like the movies. No, dude. No, <laughs> it, there's a tactical purpose to it. It's so they know where to aim their fire. Because a lot of times, even though we're trying to use as precise uh, rifle fire as possible, um, a lot of times rifle fire is just to keep heads down. Yeah, just keep long enough plunking to, them yep, off there, keep them... Long enough to keep their heads down, keep them down, and typically you would fire on an enemy until you can... Cover use fire. Well, yeah, fire on an enemy to keep them in place so you can use air support on them. Okay. That's kind of the goal. Keep them pinned down. Yeah, and then you can use air support, which is our mighty, you know, million, billion dollar Air Force and, uh, you know... Uh, the Red Baron. Navy, yeah. You know, they come in and just light them up with an A-10 Warthog and just completely decimate the whole compound you know there's ak's and rpgs and shit just going off everywhere you know (laughs) when they when they drop it on their ammo stash (laughs) it looks like the fourth of july and all the marines just going you know what you know remember that cd i was telling you about that had all them pictures from when i was in the marine corps we had a we had a seized uh i don't know a whole sea can full of well they call it a shipping container Mm -hmm. full of ak-47s rpgs ammo rpg rounds it was 800 pounds of it. No, it was more than that. It was a whole Yeah, like 8,000 pounds. So, yeah. But we took that they would, the, so over there they got an allotment, you know, like, so our EOD tech, you know what an EOD tech is? Nope. They're the explosive ordnance uh, okay. guys. So they, they get a certain allotment of C4 every month, you know, and they're like, we got to blow off a bunch. We'll go blow up this, uh, this blow this thing up. Yeah, blow and I'm like, holy shit. Up. So they haul this thing out to the middle of the desert. And they put 800 pounds of C4 on this thing. I mean, 800 pounds of C4. You Jeez. could level half of a city block with that. Why can't they keep it? Why don't they use it They have to burn later. through it so they can get more. Otherwise, oh. if they don't burn through it. Oh, then the funding goes away. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus So we, like, Christ. blew it up, and there was all these secondary explosions, like RPGs firing off into the air. It was the most uncontrolled thing I've ever seen in my the life. The contracts for the ammunition are so that they have to use yes. a certain amount. You have to shoot this many rounds a month yeah, you and go order up. this much more or the fucking ammo companies Dude, are going to go out of business. Yes, when I was in the freaking Afghanistan. That's stupid as fuck. When I was in Afghanistan, we would have to go out once a month regardless of what operations we were doing. And we would have to go out and literally burn through ammo. Yeah. So we go out into the middle of the desert, find a vehicle to fire on, and, and just, just light it up. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm serious. And I know it sounds I mean, stupid, and I know I sound like I'm full of shit right no, now. No, no, it not. just sounds like a waste of money. It is, dude. Right? It is a huge waste of money. <laughs> like, it's like they almost got a shelf life of what, a month? Fuck, man. <laughs> the animal's got a shelf life before the oil wears yeah, off the brass. You know, here's me. They're like, the animal's got a shelf life, but the fucking MREs don't. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the MREs last forever. Yeah, you know, I got an MRE that my dad had when he was on the USS Intrepid in 1973. <laughs> fucking old peanut butter that looks like fucking, <laughs> fucking honey. You don't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyways. Put this on your sandwich and let's go shoot off 17,000 <laughs> rounds each. Yeah, dude, it was, it was crazy. Some of the MREs you got, they tasted like chalk. You know, can you imagine what that did to the insides? No. Yeah, you would go to the field so, and not shit for like four days. So use a little less ammo and spend some more money on the meals for the boys, you're saying? I'm sure. Cause mission accomplishments are number one in the in the Marine Corps. Number two is troop welfare. Yeah. You know, so mission accomplishment is number one. You could literally starve to death, but have 9,000 rounds of ammo hanging off your ass, and they'd be <laughs> happy. You know? So eating fucking ammo. <laughs> God damn. That's a good slogan to go by. Join the Marines where they eat ammo for breakfast. Where they eat, yeah, there you go. Where they eat ammo for breakfast and burn through it all. But I will say this I was looking at some of the, some of the stuff my cousin is telling me about some of the gear and some of the trinkets they have, and it has gotten better. Oh, man. It's the, the, I hate to say it, but that, you know, they should have some top of the line stuff. Yeah, the Middle East changed the military. Um, I think pump they, money into it. I think they realized when we went over there, we had a lot of stuff from the Vietnam era. Um, oh, and for I'm not lying, Yeah, like flak jackets and stuff. Um, <laughs> they hand flak helmets. jackets down like they yeah. do. <laughs> and so their stuff is all specially made for the Marine Corps now, which I think is awesome. Cool. Because there's not that many active... Right now, I think there's only 147,000 active duty Marines. Um, right around there somewhere. That's a small number. That's really number. not that many pe- people. Yeah, to support and in and, and now if seems you, like a good chunk if there was a hundred and forty thousand right but now if you take whatever if coming you, at you but if you take that now fraction that off how many are infantry marines that actually fight com in combat you know um it's a pretty small portion of that so you know i'm not saying that the other guys aren't war fighters either you know just like the army i mean they all got to learn how to fight in battle you know, even yeah. the cooks, you know. The cooks I mean, do there not. Even, there ain't even really cooks anymore, though. It's all contractors. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a, there's like a head. They got like a, I think they call him a nutritionist. Oh, okay. So he plans all the meals and does all the logistics for the meals. But most meals, I know stateside, are all done by cafeteria companies, hmm. which is good. Contracts for it instead well, of some why grunt? waste a military career on, on chow? You know, unless know. you're really into it. I guess, yeah, back in the day when you got uh, drafted, that was probably the fucking best job. Fuck you're yeah, like, it was. Yeah. Oh, in Vietnam. And the- I, I can cook really good, whatever you want. Scrambled eggs, what do you God. want? I omelet? mean, I'll make whatever you want <laughs> if you put me as a cook. Like, like and a now, crack, and like now when you're actually going in, people aren't being like, hey, instead of going to Le Cordon Bleu Culinary School, I'd love to go to the Army and learn how to cook. I'll, I'll tell you though, I, I was at an army base at Fort AP Hill, or, uh, Fort Story, Virginia, going to recon, uh, amphibious reconnaissance school, and there we got to use the army chow hall, and it was it was point on point, man. Yeah. Yeah, always on point. Huh. Yeah, they they they, they run it. You know, it was a little tiny base. It was it was actually a, it was am, ammunition depot, and then they had for some reason the freaking Marine Corps had a special forces school on that base, just a little facility. 
Yeah, it's well, kind of weird. Actually. Whoever was running it, like, went there once and was like, "I'm, I'm running my program out of this place with the good food." Yeah, and it was right on. The, it was <laughs> right in. You ever been to f- uh, Virginia Beach? Nope. You ever been to Norfolk, Virginia? No, it was I have Between Virginia Beach and Norfolk, and it was right on the coast. Right. It was literally our barracks were literally. You could throw a stone in the ocean. That's where I slept. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was by Ch- I think Chesapeake Bay. I'm, I think because they got they had the Chesapeake Bay Tunnel. We'd go through That's when we go to cool. the Norfolk, Virginia. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Not um, not quite as cool as winter camping, but pretty cool. Uh, winter camping's gonna be right up there. <laughs> Probably one, two. What kind of two. what kind of freaking shelter are we doing? Like okay, a stick? So okay, sorry. We're gonna no. get back off military. And we're yeah. going to winter camping again. So we're we do doing like a stick and brush shelter. No, dude, we're not doing survival camping. Oh, oh. So well, isn't that what winter camping no, is? No, dude, surviving. I've got a um, Eskimo hub system. You're talking like the ice fishing. Too big. Like ice fishing pop up. Yeah. Oh, like a clam or Eskimo. The problem is you're talking not like Inuit Eskimo, like Eskimo brand red fish house. Yes, but it's camouflage. (laughs) I thought you were talking like Eskimo igloo. No, it's got the quilted. um, Dude, that is okay. So he didn't mean like Inuit, like some trick from Alaska. He's talking literally. How long it would take us to build an Eskimo? Oh to my egg, god! To, bu- to build an igloo, I mean. Yeah, no, but I thought you had some thi- some. I thought that was something else. Like, I wasn't quite I, following. I am not ripping on the barn just so the listeners know. Building an Eskimo, <laughs> maybe so, you should. So, wow. so the only problem with the pop up fish house is it's huge to haul to carry. Oh yeah, no doubt to carry that thing. Yeah, because it's, it's like probably I don't know five feet tall. Folds up into a like uh, hundred pounds into a wad, probably like a ball about a foot wide. A foot wide. You'd need like a sled to drag it on, and I'm not dragging a sled through the woods. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I'm it. riding on it with the <laughs> fucking fish house. <laughs> I'll have a paddle, little ba- paddle back there on the. No, sled. I I think a guy. You know, honestly, I think a guy could get away with a tent. Yeah, just a tent. Yeah, Let's see how frosty. Do you have one of those Bunsen burners in the morning? No, I don't got a Bunsen burner. I got a hot plate over in the kitchen for making eggs, but we don't got any electricity. Bunsen burners is like in your science class, dude, or chemistry in high school. Yeah, we called them. I think we called them a Bunsen burner in I've the Marine a, Corps. I've got a okay, mini so, wood stove. So let me tell you what, what, what it was in the Marine Corps we used. It was, so you know what lamp fuel is, right? Mm-hmm. It's that white gas, they call it. Yeah. So what it was, was it, it was probably this tall. This big around. Look like the guys you see on Everest, right? Yeah. Yeah, the little tiny propane and, yeah, things. And you, and take a little it, you take this thing and you unscrew it and you pump, pump it up. It, yeah. And then it, the vapors come out and it it's it you can heat up like a, a stainless steel cup on there. So yeah. like we could bring like ramen noodles if <laughs> yeah, like a backup some, food source. Yeah, melt some snow and do some ramen. Yeah, and then boil some water and drink that or whatever. Yeah. Or you know, boil some snow. Drink it. Yeah, or whatever. You I know, gotcha. I mean I did that in the Marine Corps. Like that's how I made my food. We had condensed the MREs in the winter training portion were different. They were they were um, freeze dried meals. They okay. were really good, probably some of the best MREs I've ever had. Once you got them hydrated and warmed. Well, yeah, up. They, yeah. The freeze dried food uh, meals were awesome. They were they must have had a different contractor taking care of that portion because <laughs> that was totally different than the shitty brown MREs you get. <laughs> but um, one of those burners. You can get them cheap. I, I could probably just order one. A guy should have one anyways. Yeah, we got to pick where we're going. We got to pick how much pounds we're going to carry, what kind of pack. I mean, this is kind of an adventure, snowshoes. Yeah, I mean, and then we got to decide if we are going to bring sidearms or not. <clears throat> I don't you know, got one. I'll have to whittle one out I've of I've got two something. of them. 
you know. But the only thing is, is the ones I have are so. And I don't have my conceal and carry. I'm gonna uh, shoot myself in the toe. Then. You know. Oh, like you don't know how to run it. They went that be something you and I go. I mean, I put this. it in my back. Don't yeah. you just put it in your belt behind? In yeah, your back? you can. I've got a shoulder harness too, <laughs> but um, yeah, I know. You would probably just want to have something with. Honestly, I know the chances of. It's just kind of a peace of mind. You're laying out there at night, dude. You get like a rabid timber wolf or something. Well, you never know. I mean, you just never know. Up in the woods, yeah. Up in the big woods, I mean, it, it's pretty wild out there. Yeah. I mean, you get out there like my brother's got a cabin out in the middle of freaking nowhere out there, and it's borderline. You go south of that cabin, and I, I. I get out of sight of the cabin, and I, there's been people that have been lost out there and died. I've done it. I've done it, like, in one of the developments out there. There's a couple little developments out in the woods, and, and then they have trails. You know, there's a cabin, like, every, you know, 100 yards or something yeah. down the road. And, you know, you got to walk through the woods just a little ways, and then you can see the other cabin, and then another little chunk of woods, and you can see the other cabin. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I can't see that green roof anymore, you yeah. know? We're... I was with a couple of buddies, and we were pouring concrete, and we were waiting for it to set up, and we decided to go for a little walk. And concrete, you got to kind of pay attention to. So we got lost for like an hour, and I'm like, all right, I know that if we head south, you know, there's a road that comes out over here. And we ended up hitting the road, but we were like three-quarters of a mile from where we <laughs> from where we started and like holy shit Man. dude that was lucky we found that road when i was a kid my dad always taught me i used to he used to put me out in the woods you know with a gun you know during deer season and and he always told me use the sun yeah it was exactly. not the greatest advice though because a, comp- a compass is like what you should have yeah okay he always said go west you always run into the road to the west you can't it, you'll you'll run into something you'll know if you go west because if you go east you're gonna be lost for miles and miles and miles and miles. So, but I'll tell you uh, when I was a kid, my uncle from the navy came up and I or my my dad's brother that was he was in the navy so I kind of looked up to him like yep. he wore like this navy shit when he was out in the woods. He used to, yep. whatever he 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 lives in Apple Valley. But anyways, he came up so I didn't know him that well. I he wasn't one of them uncles that's around all the time. He was from the cities, you know he lived in the cities he's from up here anyways so my dad goes uh takes my brother goes you know and that's pretty you were pretty comfortable as a kid hunting with dad yeah he pretty much was your hero you know mm-hmm. well then my uncle's my dad's like go with uncle you know go with your uncle mike uh, okay well we go out and we're hunting kind of up by the rosa river you know out in the fucking swamp pretty much you know and there's these little groves of woods out there you know when you start getting up by the wma up there yeah and uh wildlife management we're walking, area yeah we're walking from grove to grove and it felt like we probably were i don't know mile and a half two miles off of the beaten path kind of back in, yeah. the, in the bush you know and he's using his compass and that was odd for me because my dad where we hunted with my dad he'd been hunting there for many years he never used his compass he knew the woods well yeah enough. so to me that was kind of odd he had his compass out and he kind of stops and he looks back at me and i didn't know mike very good and i, I know him very well now and if he listens to this he'll laugh as fuck <laughs> but he goes he looks at me and goes, I think we're lost. Oh, I fucking shit. broke down. I started crying because I was like eight years old. Because yeah. my dad, had, you know, you, your dad belted into your head. You do not want to get lost out here because yeah. you'll fucking die out here. You know, <laughs> I start crying. I'm, I'm picturing us like. Stranded forever. Helicopters looking for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like B-52s with like sending lenses. Out, sending, sending out the signals. Yeah. I hope somebody knows. 
where yeah. we're at, kind of. I just got done having a leg for breakfast because I've been living <laughs> out there for like four months. So did his compass lead you out Dude, or what? Come to find out like 25 years later, whatever it was, I was, you know, I finally got to connect with my uncle after my dad passed away. And, you know, after later on in life, you know, I got to know him pretty good. Yeah. He's just like my dad. He's funnier now. Yeah. Anyway, he goes, you know, I didn't know this. He goes, you know that? Remember that time we were out there on the up the Angle Grove? Yeah. And he he goes, remember that time I, t- I told you we were lost? And you hadn't forgot one bit. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you, yeah, I remember that. It was fucking scary as a kid. He goes, I wasn't lost. Oh yeah. You fucker. You know, he's I wasn't <laughs> lost at all. I knew where I was going. I yeah. said, why would you do that? I think we're lost. Yeah, yeah. He goes, all he said is, I think we're lost. <laughs> you know, you know. I'm not thinking, messing why would with you, you do that, Mike? But he's, if you knew him, you'd you'd know. Like he's yeah. Like he's just like screwing around all the time. Yeah, you know, he just he only walked. Bump. You know, guys only walked a mile from the truck right. or whatever. I mean, he's he like, knew right where could we could walk your own tracks right back. Well, yeah, there was snow on the ground and <laughs> everything. When you're a kid, is just so cool. You know, like you're walking from grove to grove and you're going into these big popple forests and you're going through and you're seeing deer tracks and everything just looks so cool when you're a kid. Yeah, you know, and it's think still it's does. way bigger. You think it's way yeah. bigger world. Yeah, you think you're out in the freaking Alaskan tundra. Yeah. You know. And you're like a half mile from the gravel road over there. Yeah, you know, literally <laughs> you know? within a, a piece of technology that you can just get in and drive down the road at 60 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not like you're out in the bush. Yeah. So. Yeah, different times. Yeah, it and is. And we grow up a little bit and the world seems smaller. And But yeah, this, uh, this, this camping, it's something we should really, really maybe start to research I, a little bit. Also, I want to ask you, we're going to go in Beltrami Island State Forest. It's up here in central northern Minnesota, but... Um, did you ever know why it's called Beltrami Island State Forest? Because I, I don't really know. I've driven past those signs my whole life, and it's just woods, right? And yeah. you see it says Beltrami Island State Forest, and you're like, island? Where's the freaking island? I've always wondered that because it's all swamp. Yeah, I know. Right? So you've lived up here for 39 years, and you don't know why it's called think, Beltrami Island. I think one reason why was when the glacier receded here. You got it. Um, glacier Lake Agassiz filled up all of northern minnesota to winnipeg uh, to grand forks and there's minnesota hill which is right on the border north of town about 10 miles north of our little town of roseau and minnesota hill was visible in glacier lake agassiz it was an island and then about 40 miles to the southeast of it was beltrami because beltrami is the headwater of the roseau river watershed system so i suppose it is 100 feet above yeah, so above at, the basin. At, at down one here. point, when this was an ancient, deep glacial lake, that was the only spot that was dry. <sighs> Every time I think of that huge lake, like maybe some of our listeners probably don't know what we're talking about, but some probably are familiar with it. Yep. Lake Agassiz, they call it, right? Yep. So it was Lake Agassiz. Every time I think of that, you ever seen that movie where those, where those, um, it's like space. They're in space and they land on this planet that's all water, mm-hmm. right? But the water's only like. Like four feet deep. I don't know. I and then they got these movie. huge waves. Like I, if you look at the size of Lake Agassiz, yeah. dude. Yeah, it was huge. It would have been like bigger than the Great Lakes. It's honestly unimaginable. Yeah. But they said it was shallow. No, I mean it would have had to be as if at least that deep. Well, I suppose it was fifty feet deep in some places, but yeah. But I suppose for that like size of a lake, it should be few hundred feet deep you know yeah so i think that's pretty deep like seeing that you know beltrami island must be at least 80 feet above 
to be yeah, up you're right. out of the water. So, so, so pretty deep. To me, the, the, the Lake Agassiz thing in the, in the glaciers is so freaking interesting. It's interesting. And the few lakes that are left, Lake of the Woods, Lake Winnipeg. Are remnants of it, right? Are remnants of it. There used to be, uh, it, you know, it receded to one point, And then there was another uh, era where there was a lower lake here. And actually, the Highway 11 runs across northern Minnesota. And that was... The ridge, right? That yep, was a sandbar? That was the sand ridge, they called it. Yep, that's what the settlers came on. And that was the shoreline of the second See, they lake. used to find fish. Uh, well, my buddy just built a house right at the right down at the yeah. bottom of the yep. hill, and his kids, when they excavated for his house, for his slab, his kids just found she- seashells and seashells. You're shitting me. Oh, it's all sea- seashells. Man, I can't say See, that. See, my grandma said when uh, just so uh, really west of here. Yeah. Um, which, to some people that listen here, you know, uh, to put it in perspective, we are literally about as far from the frickin' ocean as you could ever get yeah. in the continent the United States. Other than we are fairly close to Hudson Bay. I never realized that, but we are. Yeah. But, the, the, you know, to find seashells in frickin' northern Minnesota, I mean, we are so cl- far from yeah, the coast. So they were so, from hundreds of thousands I rem- of years ago. I remember ago. my grandma telling me that she found, uh, oh, I think it was fish fossils mm-hmm. off the ridge west of here yeah. when she was a kid. When they were out clearing the land initially, you know, out there farming or whatever yeah, they were doing. some broken rock and all yeah. of a sudden the inside was a skeleton. Yeah, they would fish. find fish skeletons and, and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I'm sure if we went and looked around and dug around, we could probably easily go out and find it. And that, that really interests me. It's pretty neat. And so, yeah, the, it slowly dried up and, you know, as late as the, you know, or as recent as the, like, 1920s, there was still a lake north of town here, Roseau yep. Lake, that was... Uh, only like 10 feet deep by then but there was still paddle boats on it yep. and man changed that yeah we, we drained uh, it right yeah we drained that and i don't know i think the 30s they some farmers up there wanted to dredge it out and built a, the first dredge that existed up here and dug a huge fucking trench and 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 uh drain the lake so they could try farming and that's still a debate <laughs> yeah that is in this town the yeah. Roseau land grab i could yep. go further lake again you know you know, they drained it, tried to farm it. It didn't work very well because it's fucking swampy still. I mean, I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah, I don't really know. I have no opinion on it. I wish there was still a lake up there. I have no opinion on it at all. I wish all. in I, the 30s they wouldn't have dredged it. It would have been cool to have a lake six miles away. You what's, know? Your, what's your thoughts on, uh, so we have a lake up here, um, Hayes Lake. Not yep. a lot of people know about it. Yeah, it's at a state park, Hayes Lake it's State a, Park. It's, it's about eight miles really, from my house. Really, it's a really freaking neat area. Yeah. Um, right on the edge of this Beltrami Island yeah, State It's a man-made, man-made lake. Um, is I think it was, I'm not sure when it was made. I think it was in the 60s. It's something 50s, you, if maybe. you looked around up here in Roseau and you looked around, you would never guess, you know, if I if I just took a camera shot of, uh, of south of Roseau, eight miles, and then I told you that I went another eight miles to the southwest, yeah, you know, and, and took a paddle boat out onto or a canoe out onto Hayes Lake and took a picture. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, that is definitely not in the same geographic area. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's really neat. So, um, they have a mandate there that it's it's state owned. Um, you know, it's basically a, a park, right? Yeah, it's like a state, state park. park. So you cannot use any gas operated or powered vehicles on that. Yeah, lake. just an electric t- trolling motor. Why is that? Why is that? Yeah. Because it's so small, and they don't want to wreck the ambiance for the people that are camping there, that are coming there for nature. Do you think it's more about wrecking the shorelines and eroding the shorelines? It could be that, too. Absolutely, because they don't want big wakes, because it, it's 
a lake created by a, about a 400 foot man-made dike that's that's what i was thinking you know, I, so I was thinking more along the lines of i, I, mean, I just wouldn't want to go to a state park in the woods where you're trying to like have a campfire and go fishing with whoa, your kids whoa, yeah. jet skis. <laughs> and there's jet skis ripping around because it's a really small to see do tricks it's a really small lake and it's a small campsite so yeah if you had people out there like ripping their boats around there would be no fish left it keeps it a little more exclusive keeps people from bringing their boats there and fishing because it's nobody or way fewer people want to go and paddle out or use their trolling motor and go Have you out. fished there ever? A couple of years ago, I went with my cousin. I caught a li- from shore. I caught this little sunfish. It was fun. And about uh, 10 feet from shore, I saw something try to grab it, you know, like a northern. And so I left. I didn't pull it out. I left my fish in the water. And two seconds later, that northern, it was only like maybe a 30-inch northern came and grabbed that sunfish. That's still pretty big, though, but not for haze, I guess. Yeah, and then I I reeled them both in, like the sunfish on the hook and the northern on the sunfish until they hit the shore and then that thing let go, but that was really neat. But, you know, there was like one maybe uh, 16-foot, you know, crestline or lun boat out there with a couple guys fishing and like a normal-sized fishing boat. With a trolling motor in the water? Yeah, trolling motor, and they just work the shoreline and... Catch some bass, bass. There? yeah, bass and sunfish. And yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's a, it's, and... a, it's a cool area. I've never fished it. I the only thing I've ever done, honestly, on Hayes Lake. I used to go swimming there when I was a kid. Yeah, because it's got a little beach there. It's not the. It, yep. it ain't like anywhere. Don't don't go out of your way to go. <laughs> no, it's not it, but, six mile beach. No, it's... um, it's just a little swimming hole. But um, I have rode snowmobile across it quite frequently. But it is a sketchy bastard. Sometimes you're on it's a got snowmobile. current. I bet. Yeah, it's sketchy, dude. Like you'll be going, you'll be like, ah, this. You know, it'll be like zero out, you know, and you're like, it's it's firmed up nice out here. You just, you're cruising along right on top of that, you know, glaze ice. And then all of a sudden your sled will just start going down, you know. Oh, and really? Yeah, it, yeah, it'll be like, you it'll through. be like a foot of slush, you know. Oh, weird. And you're just bombing through it. And, you know, of course I got Reese behind me all the time. Weird. Well, the, you know, it's different too when you got your daughter on a snowmobile behind you. Yeah. And you start like. Going through that's the why, ice. Yeah, and you're when, like. Yeah, when I, and she like freaks out a little bit. She, at least she knows to grab a handful though when she sees that yeah. shit. Squeeze. Oh yeah, she grabs a handful and she's like, she gets anxiety about it so bad that she's like passing me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You're... She's like, you can have this shit. So anyway, needless to say, when she's with, I, I try to stay out of there. Yeah, I, I don't go should. on that lake. Yeah. You know, I usually. That's a small lake and it's kind of comes around a corner. It's probably got a little current to it. Yeah. We'll all pl- winter. We, we usually would try to plan our trip to avoid that one. You know, it, I don't know. I I. Avoid like, snowmobiling on uh, any shitty ice. ice with your daughter. Yeah, and the other thing too, um, you know, I mean, like Lake of the Woods, you don't have to be afraid of. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, oh yeah, Lake of the Woods. Speaking of which, yeah, fishing. Have you been? No, I haven't been yet. I've seen a few pictures, people fishing out there, but I'm I tend to be last out on the ice and first off and for the year. Me too. I like it to be nice and thick. And Dude, I, I had a couple of buddies a few years ago. Get off it early, so a few years ago, I got to tell you this. I know we're full of shit tonight. We got to get off the air here, but yep, got to um, go fix a chicken coop. Yeah, so I just got to tell you this fucked up story. This is an ice danger story for any of you out there that think that you're gonna head out on Lake of the Woods with your ice castle and your pickup mm-hmm. and all that monkey business. Okay, I'm gonna tell you something. I had a buddy a few years ago. They were. <clears throat> I don't know if they listen to this podcast or not, but they're probably going to be pissed off at me, but I'm going to tell her anyway. It's all right. So, because it's a good lesson learned. Yeah. Okay. So, 
they these guys are pretty young. They they built a fish house. It was like a it was like a six man sleeper, right? Yep. Dragger house. So that means that you pull it up on a trailer, mm-hmm. you know, dra- pull it up to the lake, and then when you get to the lake edge, you um, pull it off the trailer and you hook it up to like a snowmobile player's ranger or a pickup. Yeah, it's and you can drag skis. it. Right? It's got yeah. big skis or skids on it, skidder house, whatever you want to call them. So they get this thing up there and they're all excited, you know. They didn't get up there till ten o'clock at night, of course, you know, because it's mm-hmm. typical teenager, you know, yeah. whatever deal. So they get up there, and it was about this time of year, and there was about this much ice, and they, they had heard that, yeah, there's plenty of ice, you know. So they had a Polaris Ranger, and they went and pulled this dragger house out there, right? And they, they get it all set up. It's like 1130, they get set up, and they're drinking beer, of course, you know. They get all their holes drilled, and, of course, they, they put all their lines in the water too, you know. There's no fucking point to put your lines in the water at 11 o'clock at night on Lake of the Woods because typically the fish don't even bite I hate to morning. say it, but they go yeah. to sleep yeah. on Lake of the Woods. I mean, everybody knows that. So... They're sitting there, and you know, they're, they're doing this and having a good old time, and they're drinking beer and stuff in this fish house, and they got the ranger out there. They did not drive their pickup out there. Yeah. Um, and one of them looks over and goes, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of water, you know, on top of the ice. Yeah. You know, and, they're, and you know, Jesus, God dang, you're right, you know. So they hadn't been outside, you know, to take a piss or whatever. It had been a couple hours. So they go out. One walks outside. The whole, they're fucking surrounded by water, right, like, not like the ice broke off, but like their fucking fish house was sinking. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, like, it's sinking, and they're like, holy shit. Slowly. Yeah, slowly so sinking, you know. So they got like six inches of water on top of the ice, right? And this is like this time of year. Usually, typically, you would not have water on top of the ice, yeah. you know, because it's fresh, good ice usually yeah. this time of year. But it's not that thick. So, like, holy shit, we got to move this thing off of where it's at. Like, we must be in a thin spot or something. You know, what happened was they when they were pulling with the ranger, they got stuck in the snow. Yeah. So they ended up being on a spot that was snowy they had like a foot of snow on it or whatever it was heavy already it was heavy already and then the snow insulated that ice that ice was thinner oh. okay so so they decided well let's we got to get this thing off of this area and get it onto some good ice yeah but they're still in and the it was snow. dark yeah. and it was dark so like they couldn't i think that specific vicious um at the time i think it had where you had to jack it up put wheels on it yeah i don't think it was a full dragger yeah so for some reason they had a handyman jack out right and they mm-hmm. were they were trying to jack it up Right? Handyman Jack goes, goes through the through ice. through the ice. Uh, yeah. I would have left. <laughs> yeah. I've been like, let's I'd have left. I'd have said, I'd have, I'd, but, you know, the house was like, they had just got it together. Right? <laughs> you know, if you leave, you risk sinking yeah, that, that house. Yeah, Yeah. You know, and it, frozen or in freezing it in, it gets wrecked. Yeah. Right? So they're like, you know, so they, they had a long toe strap, and they, they gave up. They lost the handyman. was gone. Yeah. So... <laughs> they just tried to jerk that. So they thing got. Out they of had there. this big long stretch rope, and they literally would back straight up to the back of that fish house, and just shit can it. And they got it out of there, and they didn't stop. They drug it back to shore. No shit. Yeah, and they went home. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Wet feet almost dragging fell the, through the ice. Jet handyman go like dragging the house because you can't get the tires on. Oh. All right. I wish we would have fucking walked out tomorrow you know instead of pulled the house out tonight yeah that's an experience though they'll never forget it i i and you know what honestly that to, for me too that was another story you hear that puts a little bug in your ear that's like yeah you know don't be don't, a dummy i don't need know? to get out there right away at first you want to go haha you freaking idiots but you know what we're all guilty of it at one point in time or another doing so, something a little so, bit too stupid so instead of me doing that and saying haha you're idiots i say I'm not you know going what? Out. I'm just going to put that one in the memory bank. 
yeah. and use it for future reference use because it. I tend to do stupid shit too. <laughs> you know, use it for future reference. Yeah, yep. learn from them. Yeah, so, so we got ice fishing going on, and you, uh, so you don't have to make those mistakes yourself. Yep. So anyway, what uh, anything else on the notepad you'd like to cover today? <clears throat> no. I got some more stuff, but we got uh, we can talk about it next week. I just like that honest conflict has more social value than dishonest harmony. You know, that's that speak you, you, up when you're feeling uncomfortable in that situation, but you know you should, even if it's your friend. You can tell them they're wrong, and that shouldn't wreck your relationship. Like it should do more for your relationship than than going along and and agreeing with them or lying. You know. It's kind of like them. it's kind of what do they say? It's good. To, it's it's better to be, no. It's it's um. Be to better to be hated for someone you are than yeah. to be loved for somebody you're not. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the, same, the that's same. the same theory. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Tell. Yeah. yeah. Speak your mind. Speak your mind. Stand up for yourself and your ideas and your beliefs and. Uh, yeah, honest conflict has more social value than dishonest harmony. That's what we're going to Where did leave, you get that from? Leave you with tonight. I don't know where I got that from. Uh, you know, something after, I think after watching. Something you kind of came up with? No, I didn't come up with it. I, I heard it on uh, either another podcast or something I was watching this week, but I love that quote. So, Okay, um, cold weather, um, winter camping. Cold weather, winter camping. We're going to talk about that more. We'll see how we feel after we get our next stretch this week of yeah, blizzards and winter weather of <laughs> negative 13. We might go, uh-uh. eh, no, let's just go get Burger King and <laughs> <laughs> get a room in a hotel somewhere yeah, and no. tell our old ladies we went camping for the weekend. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't do that, but... Yeah, is it uh, for real though? Are you really gonna think about it? Yeah, I've been thinking about that for years. I oh think that God, sounds dude. like so much fun. But I, I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to scope it out and figure out where we're gonna go and uh, how far away we're gonna park the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, man! So <laughs> it's almost Christmas. We'll see. We'll chat with you all again after Christmas. Hope everybody has a good, safe holiday and uh, be peaceful to one another. Peace.